Welcome to Real Testaments. The messages shared at Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. We trust God that through this message, your life will be transformed and you will receive grace to influence your world. God bless you. Praise the Lord. So this morning, I will just quickly share from the Word of God. I want you to listen. I believe God has something in store for you. Father, I pray that your word will come with so much power. We heal the soul and mind and spirit of someone listening. In the name of Jesus, let the peace of God that passes all understanding, let it fill our spirit and soul this morning as we hear your word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, if you are with your Bibles, whether on your phones or physical Bibles, let's look at Luke chapter 2. That's the chapter that we read most today. That's a very beautiful chapter of the Bible. I would love to read from verse 1 uh, because there are a lot of information in there. And it came to pass in those days that they went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that of the world should be, that all the world should be taxed or counted or there should be a census. In those days, the, the Caesar that was ruling at that time was Caesar Augustus. And so he wanted to know the number or how big the Roman Empire was. And so he decided to number everyone that was under the rulership of the Roman Empire. You see, God does not work based on mystics. There is always a divine agenda. One thing you must understand as a child of God is that there are times and there are seasons. You know, and these times and seasons are controlled by God. When I'm talking about times and seasons, I'm not talking about weather. I'm talking about events and occurrences, right? Everything God does is based on time and seasons. The Bible will always use the word dispensation. Or the Bible will also use the word the fullness of time. When the fullness of time came, this happened. Now, based on the birth of Christ, the birth of Christ came at a time when Caesar Augustus decided to number the whole of the Roman Empire. It was not a mistake. Because the scriptures had to be fulfilled. If not for this decree, Jesus wouldn't have been born where he was born, and the scriptures would not be fulfilled. So this decree made the father, you know, Joseph, yeah, the father of Jesus, physical father, to go to his place of birth, so that Jesus and, I mean, so that his family can be counted. Now, let's read verse 2. And this census was made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be counted, everyone unto his own city. And Joseph also went up to Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was, the, he was from the lineage of David 
to be counted with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. All right, let me skip that. Let's go to 14. No, not 14. Let's go to... Seven, And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in his swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. As suddenly there was with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, now this is the message. Did I give you the title of the message? The title of the message is Jesus, the Prince of Peace. That's the title of the message. Now, verse 14 says, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Somebody say peace. And goodwill towards all men. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill towards all men. You see, one thing you must understand is that what Jesus brought to us is peace. Peace. And everything that he did revolved around peace. What is peace? Peace is a state of stillness or calmness irrespective of the turbulence and the war around you, you are calm and still. Let's go to, if you can, give me Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, verse 39. You can get ready Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. So let's do Isaiah 9, 6 first. Then we'll do Mark 4, 39. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. So what he brings, the birth of Christ brought peace to us. Peace. He brought peace to us. You must understand that, that peace is stillness, is calmness. You might not be rich, but you have peace in terms of physical cash in your pocket. But you have peace. Okay, thank you. He said, a child has been born for us, a son has been given to us, the responsibility of complete dominion will rest upon his shoulders. Go ahead, please. And his name will be called Wonderful One, an extraordinary strategist, the mighty God, the father of eternity, and the prince of peace. Jesus is the prince of peace. That is why when you receive him into your life, the first thing you receive is peace. I heard a story of a hardened criminal who was sentenced to death. That is why evangelism and prison, you know, outreach. We've talked about prison outreach here, but we've not activated that. I haven't 
got a friend who told me that uh, when we are ready for that, he's ready to pump him money. So this hardened criminal was sentenced to death and was about to die. And so on the day that they were going to hang him, before that time, somebody had entered the prison and ministered Jesus to him. And so he received Jesus as his Lord and personal Savior. And the days ahead, his, life, his lifestyle changed. The people who were attending to him in the prison said that his life was far, far different than when he came. He was no longer, uh, he was not terrified or being afraid that he was going to die. He had this peace within him that wherever he was going to, irrespective of the penalty that has been given to him, he was going to a better place. So on the day that they rolled him, and it's true life story, the day that they rolled him out, and they were taking him to where the gallows, where they were going to hang him. He was all joyful and all happy and singing songs and, and happy. And they were wondering what's wrong with this guy. Something happened to his spirit. He received peace. He received the prince of peace. So Jesus is the prince of peace. So what he gives to us is peace. The economy in Nigeria is not, it's not good. And let me tell you, if you go back, you know, I don't know how thorough we are in listening to messages. If you go back to my message, I think first Sunday of 2022, I made some pronouncement that day because God spoke to me. And I did mention that things might not get better. And I mentioned that day on this pulpit that I'm not sounding as a prophet of doom. It's what God has told me. That's the truth. Crossover, well, crossover service, yes, crossover service. You can go back, maybe it was recorded. You can go back and listen. The truth is, what Jesus promised you is peace. He even said that towards the last days, nations will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be pestilence, there will be famine. He mentioned all of these things. So don't be surprised that Israel and Hamas are fighting. Don't be surprised that Russia and Ukraine, and Russia is invading Ukraine. And let me tell you, more wars will come. More wars will come because Jesus said it. Listen, on this earth, the only thing Jesus promised you was peace. Now, give me um, uh, Mark 4, Mark 4.39. So, irrespective of all these wars, irrespective of all these economic crises, social disorder and all of that, what we have that we can hold tenaciously to is peace. So they, so they shook him away. They shook him awake saying, teacher, don't you care that we are about to die? Fully awake, he rebuked, give me um, King James. He rebuked the storm. I like this one, but give me King James. There's something I want to bring out in King James. Right. And he arose and rebuked the wind, and he said unto the sea, Peace, be still. He is the pe uh, prince of peace. So you see, most times when you go on your knees to pray, when everything is scattered, you are in a very bad state. Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe you, you are in a bad debt. Maybe you just had a fight with your husband, or you just had a fight with your wife or something. Maybe your child is giving you stress. 
you know, maybe he or she is falling sick and you don't know what to do. The first thing, when you go on your knees to pray, the first thing the Holy Spirit will give to you is to calm you down. You can never put God in a box. You know, a lot of us, our mind, the way we think, we think that that is the way God is thinking. Because you want it now, 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 you want to put God in that box of now, now, now. God, is, God cannot be boxed. He cannot be put in a pressure. You cannot put God in a pressure pot and say you must deliver. No, God doesn't work that way. Do you understand what I'm saying? The first thing God gives to you is peace. It's to calm you down first. Because God is not in a hurry. And let me tell you, one of the litmus tests to know the will of God is peace. If your peace leaves you, it means God has left. I say that again. One of the litmus tests to know the will of God is peace. I heard a sister telling me, I married him because I had peace when he proposed to me. Every other guy that came, when I'm about saying yes to them, something leaves me and I'm uncomfortable. I'm no longer myself. So, but when I think about him and I think about his proposal, I, am, I have this peace of mind in him, in, inside of me. That is why I married him. This is true life story. Somebody told me that. So, you see, the litmus test to know the will of God is peace. The devil cannot give you peace. What he will give you is temporal aggrandizement. It's temporal. So you see people drink, they smoke, they do all kinds of things. They think at that time, when they do all of that, they will be cool. But it never, never goes away. Your problem don't go away when, because you have sharks. You don't drink. They say shark and shark and forgot your sorrow. The more you shark, the more the sorrow they, they pile up. <laughs> Praise the Lord. What God gives to you is peace. Don't your neighbor say peace. peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. That was the first information that was disseminated when Jesus was born. In short, when Jesus was born, an angel appeared to a group of shepherds who were washing over their flock by night, and they said, Be happy. There is goodness on the earth now. And immediately the heaven opened. Choir started singing. Heavenly choir started singing angels. And they were saying, peace and goodwill to the earth. So what God gives to you is peace. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Give me Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. So I want to let you know, irrespective of the storm, the storms of life will come. It's not because it's Christmas. Christmas is the day, the period that Jesus was born. Although there is some controversy about the exact date, but we don't care about the date. What we care about is that he was born. That's the most important thing. He was born, and he was born according to the Bible. So since he was born, we have to celebrate it. That's very key. So the reason for the season 
is the is Jesus. He said, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Go to seven. Give me seven. And I said, the God of peace, the peace of God, the God of peace and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall do what? Shall keep your hearts and mind through Christ's word, Jesus. What Jesus gives to you is peace. It's peace. When he leaves, peace is gone. When he leaves, what? Peace is gone. And the other thing that the scripture mentioned is goodwill. Goodwill is also very powerful. Now, let me talk about goodwill, then I will drop the microphone. What is goodwill? Goodwill is very broad. As a result of Jesus, we now have goodwill towards God. God now has goodwill towards us. I'll give you maybe like six synonyms of goodwill. Number one, in no particular order, goodwill is talking about access. Let's not be distracted. Goodwill is talking about what? Access. I know somebody who got a job, Pastor Patrick. The person got a job just by recommendation. The man said, I want to work in this place, but I don't know how to. I saw the advert, and the, the man was talking to somebody, and I, was, I happened to be there. And the, the, the lady he was talking to said, I know a certain guy who works there. He's one of the, our guys there. Go and meet him and tell him that I sent you. So this young man went there and said, I am from so, 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 and so. He said, ah, my sister, my very good friend, my sister. He said, how are you? So what do I do for you? He said, ah, now job, bro. He got the job. Few days later, they sent him, big job, bro. you know, and this guy has even retired now. He spent 35 years. To tell you how good the job is, he spent 35 years there. <laughs> he retired there. Then I was a teenager when the discussion was going on. I just remembered when I was looking at the message. They sent him a letter and told him, as a result of your interview, the guy didn't do any interview. He entered the company through goodwill of someone else. So we have access to God because of the goodwill that Jesus has. Do you understand that now? That is why no matter how the devil accuses you of anything, because of Christ, you always have access. So when God says, come boldly, he's saying that, come because Jesus has goodwill. There is a currency of goodwill that you are supposed to use. So what goodwill gives to you is what? Access. Number, th number, number two thing that goodwill gives to you is kindness. Somebody say Kindness. You receive unmerited favor and kindness because of somebody else's goodwill. Do you understand it now? Now, some of you, you have very strong relationship in church. And so you relate, you interact, and all of that. And so you can easily pass with certain gifts. That is goodwill. You could... Call somebody up in church and say, oh, how are you? You're house. I've seen it here happen many times. 
And the person says, I did. I said, okay, I'll come. I, I hope you cook. The person says, yes, I cook. You go to the house, and you eat. After eating, you relax and sleep till the next day. You carry your bag and go. That is goodwill. Goodwill gives you access, and it also gives you kindness. Hallelujah. It's goodwill. If I'm opportune to be in a place, and I'm the organ of the place, and I want to recruit, and I say, okay, I see somebody from church for real. In a way, the person already has goodwill. No matter how, I'm going to give the person unmerited favor so that the person can come in. That is goodwill. Goodwill activates access. It also activates kindness. Another thing that goodwill gives is support. Somebody say support. Gives you support. Gives you cooperation. So when the Bible talks about peace and goodwill, it's saying that God has given us access through Christ. God has given us kindness through Christ. God is supporting us because of Christ. So when we preach messages and say God is not angry with you, it is actually scriptural. God is no longer angry with mankind because of what? The goodwill that Jesus Christ has brought. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, God has given you goodwill. Enjoy it, enjoy it, enjoy it. Praise Lord. Usually goodwill is not you. You are not the one. There's somebody's goodwill that you are leveraging on. I know a lot of people who work in big corporations. Because of the goodwill of their father, they are able to enter those, those corporations. Oh, I know your father. Oh, come in, come in, come in. They are leveraging on the goodwill of their parents. Leveraging on the goodwill of uncles and aunties. But what are you leveraging on? The goodwill of Christ. Hallelujah. You are leveraging on the goodwill of Christ. And that goodwill gives you access to God. Invokes the kindness of God upon you. Invokes the, the support and cooperation of God. Hallelujah. And good, goodwill also gives you prosperity. Prosperity. You are rich. You are not poor. Because Jesus Christ was made poor so that you will be rich. So in this season, here's the deal. In this season that Jesus was born, we have peace and goodwill. What you are supposed to be giving to people is what? Peace and goodwill. It's peace and goodwill. If you live in a compound, please stop quarreling. It's no less gap. That's what is making you to quarrel. When you open your gate, you say, open your gatekeeper. I learned that is, you don't call them gate man. Gate man is wrong English. You're, you're supposed to be gatekeeper or security personnel, as, as the case may be. Even your security personnel, as you hold like the pampa, you don't already know your horn. As you hold like the pampa, he say, hey, Wallace, come. Because the two minutes he's going to delay opening the gate for you, you will first of all insult him, tell him how wretched he is, tell him how he will never get blessed in life. After you don't wash and finish for gates, you will now drive in. All your neighbors, they know, say, Wahala has come. I just remember that drama, that Jennifer Thunder. 
Thank God that the word of God changed Jennifer Ward. Thunder. It's knowledge gap. See, you carry peace. Let the security personnel be happy to open the gate for you. Oh, God, God, I don't miss you. I work today. Oh, God. Ah, now you didn't make this. I work this sweet too. Because you are always bringing peace. It's not about the money. If you see me relating with the security man that comes to keep the house, you know, with, with this. What is even in this world? We are all human beings. There's nothing in this world. You get what I'm saying? There's nothing in this world. Whatever you have, motor, houses, everything, you are going to leave it one day. That's the truth. So what you should be distributing is peace. If Jesus gave you peace without you qualifying for it, you should also give somebody peace without the person qualifying for it. Stop expressing heat everywhere. Things will not always be right, but it is your duty for you to deliver peace everywhere that you go. The same thing is your duty for you to spread goodwill everywhere. Spread goodwill everywhere. Your place of work, in your compound, in church for real. Spread goodwill everywhere. Praise the Lord. Let's rise up on our, on our feet. It's not just Christmas season. It is also your lifestyle. Jesus was born. He brought peace to us. He brought goodwill to us. And today, we have access to God. God has shown us kindness. God has shown us goodness. God has shown us prosperity. God is supporting us. God is cooperating with us. Irrespective of our shortcomings. Let me be honest with you. Nobody deserves to be shown goodness. Human beings are very dangerous and wicked. God knows that. But look at what the Bible says. It says, while you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. So if you are here and you always give peace and goodwill because people deserve it, it's knowledge gap. People don't need to deserve it. What they deserve is love. The Bible says the two greatest commandments is one, you love God with the whole of thy heart, with all thy soul and everything around you. And the second one is love thy neighbor the way you love yourself. So he didn't say they have to deserve it first. There is no condition to love. Praise the Lord. It's very deep. That is why when you talk about love, there is a lot of sacrifice in love. There are some people that don't deserve my love. They don't deserve it. God knows. But you say I should love them. So they deserve it now since you say I should love them. <laughs> Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor. Just hold one, one partner. Hold one partner. Yes. Talk to him and talk to her and say, I know I might not deserve your love. Now I know the husband and wife that are not uh, maybe in good talking terms. <laughs> I, you and your partner. Uh-huh. Just one-on-one. -on -one, not, uh-huh, yeah, exactly. Precious, you and uh, um, your partner. Exactly. 
So talk to talk to each other now. Say, I know I may not deserve your love. I know I have a lot of shortcomings. I know I shouted at you that time. Oh. I know when you asked me money the other day, I did not give to you. I know that day you called me, I did not pick your call. You sent me a message, it took you five weeks before you responded. Please, please have mercy on me. So what I owe you is what Christ has given to me. Christ gave me goodwill. Therefore, I am showing you goodwill as well. Christ gave me peace. And I will give you a holler again. All these husbands that always give their wife heat at home. God has delivered you today. All these wives that will not cook for their husbands. God has delivered you today. In the name of Jesus. From today henceforth, we shall give peace. We shall give goodwill. In the name of Jesus. God bless you. This message was brought to you by Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. For more information, log on to our website at www.churchforreal.org. Church for Real. Influence your world.